Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Um, I'd like to thank all those joining us in the chat room and all those people who have helped support the show at Patreon.com slash hockey. And um, it's just Mike and I to start today. Peter will be joining us in a little bit. But we have a trade to announce right off the top. Um, and uh, I guess, you know. Well, we, we, don't have, we don't have any idea what's going. The right, we'll, just, we'll, we'll, um, we'll, we'll tease that. and We'll do a little bit of a pre-show first and then come in. There is a trade coming. Right. right. So, um, uh, Mike's got something. I got something quick here. Yeah. No, it's, it's funny because I consider myself someone who has a broad and a broad liking of a number of different types of music, but I'm in my early fifties. So like, I'm not into hip hop, even though like everybody else is, and I've never been a big country person, but other than that, I like most everything else. I can't, I used to watch the Grammys religiously. Um, it was on in the background yesterday. I was concentrating on the Leafs Rangers game. And I realized other than like recognizing Lady Gaga, I knew nobody who performed. Really? And, except Jennifer, you know, Jennifer Lopez apparently performed. I missed it. Um, which you know, I, I, I'm sorry about that because she is a sight to see. Um Dolly Parton and uh Diana yeah. Ross. But other than that, I didn't Miley know. Miley Cyrus, you don't know Miley Cyrus? I know Miley Cyrus, but I, I, I missed it. I didn't know she performed. I know her. Yeah. Yes. But, yeah, other than, like, like names like like Ariana Grande. I don't know if she didn't perform, but I'm just saying, like, Ariana Grande or Katy Perry or Taylor Swift. Like, I don't know these people. And yeah, I don't, man. I don't know their music. And what I, when I do hear it, I'm like, it all sounds the same. I've officially become that old guy, the real guy, yeah, you are. that old guy who's listening to. You know, I listened. I still listen to. I don't listen to the radio anymore, act because you know if you listen to classic rock, they're playing the same. Well, yeah, if you were listening to radio, you would know everybody that was on the Grammys because. Well, but but I don't. But I don't radio I don't, around here, so we hear all that stuff all the time. I don't listen to those stations. I listen to the music of. I listen to classic rock, or I listen to alternative, and I, I like. I know. I know alternative bands. I or you know what used to be considered alternative. Like I like incubus or foo fighters yeah, but, yeah. but like i don't know any of these any of these bands and i'm just i well, I, interesting because i i will tell you so i i have a 16 year old daughter so obviously right. you know it's amazing and you know we live in a you know i'm just like a relatively normal white suburban area you know like where i mean we have you know we have some diversity around here but not a whole lot and you know and it's just you know it, it's you know just and it's it's a shame i mean i wish there was more diversity around here but and there's more diversity actually, at least at my kids' high school than there was at my high school, which was totally um, waspy back in in South Jersey. But here we have some some diversity. But and so that like the, my daughter's soccer team is a whole bunch of 
you know, uh, a whole bunch of girls on there, and and they all listen to like gangster rap. It's hilarious. So it's like yeah. the funny thing because there's nothing that they could, you know, we always jokingly say with the parents, like they, they listen to this because they can relate to it. Like it's like there's nothing relatable and, about and, their lives to this life. And that's not, you know, it's just they, and, they just don't have, you know. And the, and, that, and that's the thing. I, I mean, I don't have kids. You you have two kids, so you yeah. and and you were in the music industry, so you yeah. have in, you have inroads into knowing. <laughs> some of some of the music that's out there i mean really it's like a, it's just like a revelation to me this morning like holy crap i'm old i mean yeah, and there's, there there's some enough. really good there are some really good um new artists out there and you that you would like i'll have to change that because every once in a while my daughter comes up with something that i'm like whoa hold on that's cool you know like it, it most of the stuff that she comes up with is just like Ugh. yeah and i'll tell you ariana grande i mean she's a crazy talented singer she's got an incredible voice but by the way, did you see the picture of Ariana Grande over the weekend? No. Ariana Grande, when she was five or six years old, was hit twice by a puck at a Florida Panthers game. And there's a, a Mike, I think it's Mike Comito who's Oh, on. I didn't see this. That's what that was. I didn't realize he, that was Ariana Grande. He was she was on on a Zamboni. I saw this. Was, yes, this was sent uh, to me by no idea what Josh was sending me. I'm like, because yeah. I didn't read the article, I just saw the picture. Yeah, I'm like, that's her? And you can see she's, you know, she's six years old, so she's obviously a little chunkier than than she is now. But I didn't recognize her at first, but then I say, oh, yeah, okay, there you go. All right, well, all the hits to the head must have done something to her because she, um, <laughs> she's absolutely, like, I mean, she writes about her life, you know, which is not at all like anyone else's life that's ever lived. Like, Ariana Grande has a completely, so she writes about, like, so when you listen to her lyrics, they're, you know, like, I bought, you know, bought six rings for my bitches, and it just—it's just complete. It's all—it is it, completely like she's right. And and you know, my daughter's listening to this. I'm like, how can you relate to any of this? Plus, she is, she her lyrics make her make her out to be the most selfish person who has ever existed on the planet. So and, and not even like you know, we've had we had artists who used to talk about fame or whatever, and like you know, the Beatles would write about like money. That's all I want. But there was always an ironic part to it, or like a part that it was like you know that they knew it was wrong, and that they were. This is just straight up. I live this unbelievably, unbelievably, you know, great life, and these are all the riches that I have because of it. And it's just, and it doesn't matter what. And that's what, and that's what their fans want to hear. I mean, I guess. Yes, I mean, it doesn't seem to make any sense. And I'm just trying to sit there, and I'd love to write a book about it because it fascinates me. Like that, my daughter and her friends. Although she's, you know, she's she's starting not to, and it's interesting because. Yeah, you know, like you know, I compare. It'll, it'll go. It'll get old after a while. Yeah, I compared to like say Taylor Swift, okay, who. You know, even and I mean, you like or dislike Taylor Swift. She writes her lyrics are, you know, meaningful. And even when she writes about her own life, there's other things you can get out of it. It's not just directly about her life. It's like she's sure. at least writing something on a level that you can get. So, but you know, but but Taylor Swift, you know, she'll write songs that have like the girls can like be empowered by. You know, like they listen to it and they're like they they get some they get some sense of you know. It, it really and, and and Taylor did that whole thing. Taylor Taylor is a great role model for kids. Especially girls who need it, you know. Ariana Grande is like she's well, exactly Katie. I, I mean, Katy Perry is like that too. But, but Peter, Katie Perry, is, Katy, Katy, Katy Perry makes Ariana Grande look 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 humble. Like you know, right. I mean, 
th- this is just a continuation, Peter, of the the bre- the discussion we had on Twitter because I, I, I just, <laughs> oh the, right the rev the revelation that I came to that I'm an old fart because I recognize nobody on the Grammys other than like I said you said Dolly Parton I didn't know she I was going back and forth between that and the and the Leafs Rangers game um you know I heard Diana Ross was on there and then Je- Jennifer Lopez I mean of course you know who those people are but like most well, of the most of them, I, I don't know who the frig they are. So I know I didn't watch it. I tuned in a little bit. I mean, I knew who Alicia Keys was. The lady's insanely yes. talented. Actually, um, she's awesome. I mean, actually, and, actually, you know, not just, my like. Look, I know what I like. Just one, one. Let me let me interject this, and then uh, actually, Alicia Keys is a distant, distant, distant cousin because her oh wow her maiden her maiden name is or her her maiden name is Alicia Agello Cook. Wow! So wow! She, so she's, you know, she's on the talented side of the family. I, you know, never yeah. I, w- I wish, I wish I Russ was here you and Alicia Keys. I never knew why. Like, like in the back of my mind, I always knew there was something between you and Alicia Keys. But I could, yeah, never yeah I can't say, I, I can't say I, I've lost it after because that would be incestual. So, oh no, after <laughs> second cousins, you're not Jerry Lee Lewis here, Mike. But so, I mean, I, re- I saw, I saw, I saw the replay of it on a Canadian channel later on because I was up late last night and I saw like, um, I can't remember who the opening act was or who came out. And there was um, Ricky Martin, I think, was on stage. Uh, And there was some guy who I thought was Eminem, but maybe it wasn't him. I don't know. I like that just shows you how like up to speed I am on pop music. And then when I was watching news this morning, doing some stuff, I could I saw some headline underneath the story that said lots of stars win who are no shows who weren't there either. Well, so, I, I'll, I'll give you the one thing, and then we can move on from this. And I, um, I'll give you the one thing that personally upset me. And I saw some people uh, tweeting it and putting it on Facebook this morning. The late, great Chris Cornell yes. uh, won an award for best rock performance. And I don't know what song it was for, but he's been, he's pat he passed away two, a little under two years ago. And so it was a recording that came out after he passed away and he won the award. And of course, that was the one of the awards that they gave out before the before the, the the actual broadcast. I'm sorry, and I understand that they're catering to a younger audience, and they're not catering to somebody in their maybe late 30s to 50s. But if you want everybody, then you include all different varieties of music. And I mean, I Chris Cornell is one of my favorite singers. I would have liked to have known other than a Facebook post or a Twitter post that he won something. And that is, you know, his, uh, I guess his two kids and his, and his uh, wife accepted the award. I mean, that would be something I would be interested in actually watching. Yeah, I agree. All right. All right let's get, um, let's get moving here. Yeah. Okay. Let's get, let's right. start. and by the way, I, I posted, I, I retweeted a video on, on uh, Twitter, um, whoever this person was that threw a folding chair off of a co- high-rise oh, condo yeah. complex in Toronto, I, they posted yeah. it online and they posted it to Toronto police. I hope you get arrested, you idiot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I saw that on the news too. Like, what the heck? I mean, I, I I don't know the 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 lack of brains of some people to do something, and they threw it right onto the Gardner Expressway, and I mean, it could have gone through somebody's windshield and killed somebody. Oh but anyway, let's start the show. Um, the only thing else, the last thing I want to say about the the Grammys that someone pointed out to me is that um, Leafs fan and Toronto native Sean Mendez did perform, um, and he is um, he performed with with um, Miley Cyrus. 
Miley Cyrus. Oh, Miley Cyrus. He, he did his own song, and Miley Cyrus jumped in on, and that was amazing. And he's Sean Mendez is a very talented kid. So if you want to Google anything from the Grammys, it was worth watching. This was towards the beginning. It was um, it's John Mendez and Miley Cyrus. I, I have mixed. I don't. I don't know. I don't know about Miley Cyrus. I know she's talented, but I. I, I don't. Was she the one wearing the vest with the weird yeah. thing, keeping yeah. her cleavage yeah. sort yeah. of hidden? <laughs> that's kind of her thing. Like again, I, I just, I'm not a pop. Uh, she, I mean, that's her thing. I mean, she, Mrs. Mrs. Liam. Hey, I mean, I know Hannah Montana died. Janis Joplin and all these people wore crazy stuff too, like in the day. So we're just like, this is this, this is a musical traditional thing that Mrs. Mrs. Liam Hemsworth when she's not wearing crazy clothes, she's lick she's licking uh, sledgehammers. So okay, Miley Cyrus is awesome, incredibly talented. All right, let's move on. Ready? Here we go. Um, she really is. Hello, hockey world. It is Monday, February 11th, 2019. I'm old fogey, yeah. Michael Agello. I'm not old fogey, but I am out of touch. And I'm a Peter Tessie in Winnipeg. And I am Eklund, and you're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes here every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And this is this is when you feel bad for one of your blockers, okay? Because I was just going through my – I was just updating my website. And, you know, we have we have a lot of really, really good really good writers on our site. And, um, and me. one of them that I really am, I've just completely fallen in love with, and she's amazing, is, is Kareen Haynes. Okay, she does a great job with the Canadian. She writes in French sometimes. She's just amazing. All right, there's there's no two ways about it. I, you know, she used to work with Russ, and that's how I found out about her. Yeah. So she wrote 14 minutes ago, deadline or not, don't expect much, right? And um, then, like, 12 minutes ago, Nate well, Thompson was traded to the Montreal Canadiens. I will come. Who's traded? Sorry, Nate Thompson, uh, oh. and it's not official yet because uh, he. But right. apparently, he's been he's been informed, or he's he is informed. Uh, I think David Pagnata that uh, uh, he has been informed that he's been traded, and he had a no trade provision in his contract, and he waived it to go to Montreal. But I'll come to Kareen's defense because, yeah. General Manager Mark Bergevin came out a month ago and said, we're not going to be buyers. Oh, yeah, no, okay, I'm not. Mark, I, I you're, totally... you're a liar because you've, you've yeah. just made two trades in a weekend. You're a buyer. and it, you should yeah. be a, But don't make those statements. I mean, we know general managers lie. Well, and this, and this, to be, also, to be fair, Nate Thompson is not exactly rocking the boat. You know, I mean, it's no. like I mean, he's, he's, a, he's, he's, he's become a trade deadline regular, though. I'll tell you that. He's, he's yeah. one of these guys who's moved often at the deadline, signs one-year deals in places where he ends up getting traded from. I mean, it's not like they, it's not like they traded for Panarin, but I'm saying they, they you know, they, they made the four-player deal on the weekend. To get Dale Weiss, who Dale Weiss got called up today, so Dale Weiss is going to be on their fourth line. You can see from the game that uh, we all, a lot of people watched on Saturday with the Leafs and, and the Habs. The Habs, other than guys like Jordy Ben and Petrie and Weber, are a very they're a very small team up front. So yeah. they 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 get Weiss. They've gotten Nate Thompson. Nate Thompson's got a lot of experience, so they're probably going to add those guys to the fourth line um, and be sort of energy guys. But they're like in the same boat in terms of like I mean they don't have as much offensive talent as Toronto, but Toronto's got a bunch of smallish forwards, and that they're trying to sort of you know prepare for the possibility of them facing Boston, or um, you know improving their chances against Toronto because Toronto had, doesn't have a lot of size and pushback, and now they have a few guys that'll that'll do that. Kareen, Kareen does does mention Nate Thompson in her article. Someone pointed out in the chat room. I think okay. I appreciate. It. No, and, and Kareen's amazing. And um, I was like, I've just been in that boat before where you write something, you're like, nothing happening today or whatever, you know. And the second that happens, you know, something yeah. happens. You just there's no way of knowing. We're not, we're not the ones making the trades. So it's like you know, all you can go is based off what you're told. So 
I think, um, I mean, I mean, the Montreal Maple Leafs game on Saturday night was a great game. And it, you know, it was fun to watch those teams play in a meaningful game again, you know, in that building. I mean, that Bell Center is just phenomenal. And there's no two ways about it. I mean, if I could watch those teams play, I mean, nothing against, um, you know, whatever they call it now, Maple Leaf, I'll, I'll always call it Maple Leaf Gardens. The Air Canada Center. Yeah, it's a little, right. yeah. a little antiseptic. I, I get right, it. Right, 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 right. I like Air Canada Center was a little bit cooler than this one because um, yeah. aren't there like four teams that have Scotiabank stadiums now? Um, no, well, it's either Rogers or Scotiabank. There's two Rogers, so that's for sure. Yeah, Ottawa plays at Scotiabank place too, right? So anyway. No, um, they changed to Canadian Tire Center. Okay, well, yeah. I'm, I'm, it used know. to be Scotiabank though, yeah. Yeah. And I think the Jets play at the G or Harris Mills terrific arena, if I remember right. But um, yeah, there's uh, th these things are changing all the time. So anyway, the, the well, I mean, just to, just to say this, the the two of the greatest rivals in in National Hockey League history have not faced each other in 40 years. 1979 was the last time, and just just get this, they played together. They played each other 78 and 79. The Canadians. This is in the midst of their four Stanley Cups in a row. Yeah. The Canadians swept him in the in the semifinals in '78, in the quarterfinals in '79. The last time the Leafs played the Canadians and, and won a game in the postseason was 1967 when they won the cup against them. Um, there have been a couple, and I wrote about this. There have been a couple instances where in '93, if it wasn't for Wayne Gretzky getting preferential treatment from Kerry Fraser, it would have been Leafs Canadians in the Stanley Cup final. And in 2013, if they played in the last game of the season and if the Leafs had beaten the Habs, they would have played them in the first round instead of the Bruins. So there have been a lot of close calls. And I, I'm telling you right now, it will be chaos if it's Toronto-Montreal in the first round. I, I would love to see it happen. I think – and I wrote on – I want to see it happen except for um, – well, yeah. I, I the, wrote the, just the media frenzy. Yes. Yeah. Like it will be. Oh, it'll just be yeah. fun. I mean, it'll be a lot of fun. And, and you know, and I think that. And I, and I wrote, and I, and I wrote on Sunday, Toronto, the Toronto will never say this. The media will never say this, but I'll be brave enough because everybody's thinking it. I would rather face the Habs than the Bruins. They don't match up well with the Bruins. The Bruins will be favored, even if the Bru even if the Leafs have home ice advantage, even though the Leafs have John Tavares. There's a psychological block when it comes to the Bruins, and the Bruins play a tougher game, a tougher style of game, and the, I don't think the, it matches up well with the Leafs. The, the The Habs are a speedy team. They have got a great goalie in Carey Price. They the Leafs can beat the Habs. I don't know if they can beat the Bruins. That's why I I would favor them playing the Habs. Now if they lose to the Habs. Yeah, say la vie, but yeah, I mean anything can happen. But I think I think I think it's it's one of those. It does. I do think I would favor the Leafs in that series, but it's just one of those series that is definitely it plays against all the fears, and of, of Leaf fans, obviously. And it's one of, and it, and that, and that's typical with anything. You know, this I've I've been in this situation so many times as a Flyers fan when they would be they would finish towards the top of the league and end up end up playing like the Devils or the Rangers in the first round and getting beaten you know by a rival it's just the worst feeling in the world sure. um but you know when that happens but it, you know it, it happens it's tough when you play a rival you know with the, with maple leafs and canadians playing each other in the playoff series i don't think you know i think favorites kind of go out the window i think it becomes a, a battle of who really wants it you know it's really just what it comes down to now let me ask you peter because uh i was following what the what the jets have been doing um they struggled against the habs 
They struggled in yeah. Ottawa. They were terrible in Ottawa. And it was what 1-1 against Buffalo, and then they got a couple late goals, and they won 3-1. to I mean, I, I was talking to Russ about this on the weekend. It's almost like the Jets right now, they know something's coming in terms of a trade, and there's almost a little fear of, the, of what's going to happen, and that's why they're playing with such – I mean, they're not playing – at the level that I have expected from that team right now. Okay. There are two camps in Winnipeg. There are the results say there's no problems because they're first in the central three points out of first in the West. And then there's the other camp saying they're getting by, by the skin of their teeth. Yeah. All the underlying numbers are pointing in the wrong direction. Patrick Line doesn't even know what the back of the net looks like anymore. And and Shifley and Wheeler, if they're not going, the Jets have no counter offense and they're playing way too many minutes a night when they are going. Right. Um, there is there is concern about what's going on with them. Uh the def- Joe Morrow is scary. Like he actually, like I watched Joe Morrow play and I'm getting nightmares. Yeah. And interesting enough, there might actually have found a Joe Morrow uh, burner account on Twitter to tell you the honest truth, who criticize, who attacks all tweets and articles that say negative things about Joe Morrow. It's pretty <laughs> Have funny. we reached the end days or something? So, I mean, like what's going on with that's like, that's like the craziest thing I've heard in a long time. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you some screenshots. <laughs> I don't want to out it, but there might be a burner account. <laughs> so, is, 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 is the address real Donald Trump? No, no, it, it's not unobvious yeah. either. It's it's pretty funny. Um, so it's amazing. Uh, so he, um, you know, there there's some issues there, and you know they've got Dustin Bufflin back, great. Right. Nick Ehlers should be back soon, but. Even still, the Jets have been sort of, depending on what graph you look at, what numbers you look at, they've kind of been like this, but they're they're going down. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not, like, it's been, they've gotten by on some good goaltending. Brassois came back to earth uh, in, in Ottawa. The, you know, th- they've had some good play. They've had, they've won a lot of, te- a lot of games in OT. And this is what's concerning, is that if you get to overtime in the playoffs, it's not three on three, right? You need to win five on five and you need to grind it out. And at five on five, they're not playing very good hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there are, I, the fan base is certainly expecting a trade and the fan base believes that after all the hard work and stuff, the draft and develop, they're finally in a position, not unlike the Leafs, not unlike some other teams mm-hmm. where They've got the right cap situation. They've got the right assets that they can go all in. So you better be going all in. Well, and- it's, it's, it's interesting because on Saturday night on the uh, Hockey Night in Canada headlines, the, you know, they're talking about Nashville. They're talking about Winnipeg, that both teams, you know, if they make a trade for a Stone or a Panarin or a, or a Duchesne, you know, obviously the first round pick is going to be part of those deals with with Nashville. They mentioned Tolvin, and as we've talked about on, on previous Buzzcast, when they talk about the Jets, Kiprios dropped the name of Sammy Niku and not Roslevic. Now I, I I don't know whether that's a that's a, a something that yeah, moved because because Niku is I believe he's a lefty right and yeah. they're soft on the left side yeah. so I can't see them trading a young defenseman 
you know, with the with the you know with the perspective of Morrissey coming off a bridge yeah. deal in a year, and you know they're probably going to get rid of Kulikov. I mean, it, it doesn't that I don't that's going to hurt them going forward. There's no way. Kane um, yeah, dream of he was the AHL Defender of the Year, Defenseman of the Year last year. He's a left-handed. He was taken in the seventh round. Teams dream of finding these kind of guys, right? This is this is what this is the kind of stuff that keeps your scouting department going when they can find guys this late in the draft and they turn into something, right? This is right. what every team wants. So to give up on them right now to land, let's say Mark Stone, let's just use him. It doesn't make sense because unless you know you can sign Mark Stone, right? Like he, he's not worth that to them. I now, I mean, I, I I agree with you, listen. But you know, if you can win a Stanley Cup with Mark Stone, you can make that sacrifice. Absolutely, right. but I. But there are no guarantees. No moral play. There's never any guarantees, you know. But I mean, at the same time, you know, I I've always been a fan of like. I mean, obviously, great teams like Winnipeg's a great team now. They have prospects to burn. Yeah, and you know, I don't and, think you use one of them though. Yeah, I think you could yeah. probably. I mean, I wish Russ was here because yeah. Russ could say, if you had to, if you had to give up one, who are you going to give up? Yeah, Niku or Sandberg? Well, again, and, right? and, and Russ, I think Russ's take would be very interesting on. Yeah, that. and we and we'll ask him on Wednesday when he when he's back. But the, but this is the, this is the this is the question. This is and I, I I've been writing some things about teams and the prospects that they have. And which ones they don't want to give up, and yeah. in the set, I haven't written about Winnipeg, but Nico would be one of the team, one of the prospects. I would say that they don't want to give up for the reasons that we just talked about. Yeah, for you know, in regards to the Leafs, and I'll get off of the Leaf page in a second, but um, there's a, some there was some talk about them being in on Michael Furland, and I know you mentioned it over the weekend, yeah. and Elliot Friedman mentioned it, mentioned it on Saturday. There's Montreal, which was fun about that game. Right now, the the funny thing is, is that if you the price tag on Furland a few weeks ago was reportedly a first round pick. They got pushback on that. People don't are not going to give up a first round pick for Michael Furland. Now they're talking a second and a prospect. And if I'm Toronto, okay, I'd like I want Furland because he's a big power, he's a power forward. He's he his salary is inexpensive. I think 1.6 or 1.7 million dollars. I'll give up a second round pick, but then you're talking about a prospect. And if you're talking about a prospect like Jeremy Bracco, yeah, who is fourth in the American Hockey League in scoring and 21 years old and on still on his entry level deal, I'm not giving up that guy for a rental. Yeah, and and then that's the thing. It's like it's not only is it the players that you bring in, but the price that you pay to bring those players in. We just got confirmation about the Nate Thompson deal. The Montreal Canadiens gave up nothing. They gave yeah, up they got they, a fifth round pick and gave up a fourth round pick. Right. So they gave they, 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 salary they, shifted, they shifted down a round and they got themselves a player. And I'll bet you anything they're paying the entire one point six five million of of Thompson's Which contract. Is completely worth it. I mean, it's like you sure. know, I mean, Tom, what what you I mean to get just to get the depth that Thompson brings you. That this is a steal of a trade of a trade. You know, they they absolutely. But I, I'm, my, I'm shocked by this one, honestly. But but my 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 point is that these teams, these these buying teams, these competitive, you know, teams that are Stanley Cup contenders, they don't they only not only have to be concerned about what it costs them in terms of you know the cap, but it's also what they give up. And if you're if you're trading for Panarin, if you're trading for Stone, if you're trading for Duchesne, then you're giving up 
big prospects. When, yeah. you're, when you're getting a rental and it's a Michael Furland, I'm not giving up one of my best prospects in the organization and, and a second round pick. No way. And if, if the Leafs do that, I think that they're doing themselves an, an injustice. Okay. We have 30 minutes to go here. And what I'd like to do is I would like to do, I did a lot of rumor updating this weekend on the chart and stuff like that and different things. Yep. And I wanted to go through a bunch of stuff with you guys for them for this Monday. Um, cool. And, as most best I could um, with information that I have. Um, and the first thing I want, I do want to mention, I do, I did have on my notes. I had to mention the fact that, okay, so was it, um, it was Dubas was in Lamorello's box, right? Yeah. Dubas was, uh, the, they were playing the Rangers on Sunday night. The, the Islanders were playing on Carolina. Sunday afternoon. So, uh, right. And so he went to Brooklyn and took the, took in the game. Right. And then and went, the, you know, obviously the Furlan talk is there, but it's just, it's funny because I mean this this stuff is often blown out of proportion. You're like and and not I'm not saying it's any you know that there isn't anything. Obviously, if you get a chance to watch Furlan and you're or Carolina in general, I mean the yeah, least linked to Carolina so many times it's it's insane, right? So there's yeah, no but one but one okay one instance is a one instance is a one off two inst two instances is a, con a coincidence. Three, four more. It's not. I agree. I mean, they're definitely looking at, it, but I would love to track in, in in since I've been doing this the amount of times that I've like reported on people being in press boxes and that the deals have actually gone down. Like it's well, it's incredible how it doesn't happen. Like it's I'll, a, I'll, almost it's almost like going to the press box is the death knell to not I'll, make the trade. I'll, like, I'll, I'll just I'll just I'll just I'll, I'll just lay out the circumstantial evidence and then right there. But, but but okay, so Sunday, yeah. Carolina Islanders, uh. uh uh, Lawrence Gilman, the Leafs assistant general manager, was in Buffalo to watch Carolina play the Sabers. Right. I, uh, yeah. there, there have been Leaf scouts in Philadelphia when right. Carolina played the Flyers. There were the entire Leaf management when the when the. Uh, um, I was also looking at some Flyers. I was told so. Yeah, but 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 you know, kill two birds with one stone. Right. Uh, at the CHL top prospects game uh, last Mark month, Mark. they it was in Red Deer. They went to the Calgary Carolina game. Yeah. Rick Dudley is basically purchased a tent and is living outside of the Scotiabank Arena. I mean, yeah. he's been there so many times that you know, I'm sure they they're they're giving him a free meal in the media room. Yeah. So I mean, that, I'm just saying there is a lot of circumstantial evidence now. Whether oh, that no, it, it's tons, but this is this is another thing. I talked to Scott one time. It's really interesting. I said to him, when you go see a game, um, what are the chances that you're going to be impressed by a player or not? Like you know, and and what are the chances? Like, so if, if I'm if I'm if I'm thinking about Michael Furlan in my head, and I love if I love Michael Furlan and I'm and the Maple Leafs, um. Chances are more that I'm just going to make the deal because I already love him. If I don't know what to think of him, I'm going to see him play. You know, like to me, it's like, right. to me, it's, it is like, it proves that they are not sure what to do about this. Like they are, and, and it proves that, and, and quite often more than, more than that, when you're not sure and you're a player and you're, you're, you're a person like Dubas with all, all these issues already on the table, he's going to try to find a million reasons not to trade for Michael Furlan. From watching him, like he's going to try, and it's it's as crazy as that sounds. You know what I mean? That there's a I've I've talked to people, and this is this tends to be how they think. Well, I actually think that right now the the some of the moves that the Leafs may make or are considering making are at the behest of their head coach, because all of a sudden over the last few days, I mean. LA, they were in Boston to watch LA and, and, and the Bruins. The, they don't play the Bruins anymore. So there was some speculation that they were interested in Nate Thompson, and now Thompson's been traded. Um, all of a sudden, Frank Cervelli on TSN mentions the, the buzzword Luke Glenn Denning, 
who was was supposedly you know is a Babcock soldier from Detroit who he'd love to you know apparently get, but the price tag last year was too expensive. Um, you know we've we don't know whether it, we know that Babcock wants some heavy players that for yeah. Furland would sort of finish the, uh, fit into that. Also, I'm sure he wants a right-hand shot defenseman because there are five <laughs> lefties right now. So all these things add up to Babcock saying, I need this, I need this, I need this, and sort of maybe Dubas trying to fill out some sort of shopping list. But I also think Dubas wants to get players that he likes. So Yeah, I think that that is true. So let's – um, I know other people are interested in Furland. We'll get into Furland as well. Sure. I, don't, I don't necessarily buy the – I know one of the more interesting things I talked to somebody in Calgary because I, I was finding up a rumor that Calgary might be interested in Furland. Yeah, that would be, of course, getting Furland yes. because Calgary. I've, was, I've heard that before too. Right. And, uh, and when I talked to them, they said there's just no way that they would get, bring Furland back. And that was an interesting thing because, you know, this person was really being honest with me. They was like, we like him, but we know what he's really worth. And, and we've seen him play enough to know that he's having a great year now and he's and he's in a perfect situation in Carolina to, 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 to succeed. But bringing him back to Calgary, he disappears, and it wouldn't be worth a first or second round draft pick. And and Carolina might just keep him because they're in the playoff race, and they could use him as an own rental. If they don't get what they think that is he's worth, then then they won't trade him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and I, I I think that that I know. I mean, that is very much where they are. I mean, he and he's also part of what's of, of like a good vibe thing that's going on in Carolina right now, which is that you know they are they're making a run. They're yeah. in they're in this battle. So. I want to start today with teams making a run and focus on two teams with Carolina and Philadelphia. And okay. so, and I know we don't, I'm going to talk long about the Flyers at all because we talked about them plenty, but tonight's game is very circumstantial for Philadelphia. Um, and, you know, I don't often like to hang the, whether they're buyers or sellers on one game, but we've talked a lot about how, you know, they were 16 points back. They went nine and one, mm-hmm. a, um, you know, basically Columbus and Pittsburgh had you know, and you know, Buffalo and a bunch of teams above them went went south, you know, and did really poorly, and so all that battling got the Flyers back to within six points of Pittsburgh, within eight points of Columbus, for that last spot. So tonight, you know, all that. So that's like that's like that's like playing as well as they can and getting the worst, po- getting the best scenario out of the teams ahead of them. They gained up, they gained eight points essentially, or they gained ten points if they right as of right now. Yeah. Um, if they lose tonight, they gained eight points. Um, because you know now if they win tonight they're within four points of Pittsburgh and I think suddenly the Flyers are looking very different you know um, if they lose tonight it's eight points and if it's eight points after tonight then you're looking at you know you did a lot of work and you're still almost double digits out you know and I mean even if they win tonight obviously it's still a long road but the fact of the matter is I think the difference now going into trade deadline will be drastically changed by the events of tonight's game. So if you're one of like, you know, actually actually one of the more important games this season for a team and for Pittsburgh, who has really played terribly lately too and struggled immensely. I mean, yep. Jack Johnson's getting torn to shreds for his play in Pittsburgh. Um, all over the all over the place. It's, he's having a terrible year there. Um, they have more injuries. They just they traded for um for Bukestad, I guess, who who got who got hurt on Saturday and is out is out now. Um yeah, th- this is a uh, Pittsburgh's. You know, Pittsburgh's in it has serious issues. Um, and tonight, the other thing that's fun about tonight's game, if you want to watch the game, is that Carter Hart, who I believe is going to be starting tonight, I would think he would be starting tonight, um, yeah. would be going for a record for wins in a row by a goalie under twenty-one years old. Yeah. Right now, he currently tied Carey Price's record for that. Well, uh, and, and I was I, I was very interested to see over the weekend the statement that came out that the Flyers indicated that Hart 
will remain up for the rest of the regular season. And that sort of close. And I, 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 I shared this concern and maybe this is well down on the list of concerns for the flyers right now. Everything is honky dory with Carter Hardy. He's, he's, he's playing wonderfully. My, my assertion is you're not going to really know if this is good or bad until maybe next year or the year after when we see how the league adjusts to him. Well, that's a given. Yeah. I think, I think right. you're right about that, but I think that, but, but let me, let me, just, is, they are where they are. Right. And then right. their option. But let me, let me, my, my point is if there's a regression in his game, they've started the clock on him in terms of, and I, I don't know how many more games it is, but he, he at this pace, he's going to play 30 to 35 games at least, maybe as much as 40 by the end of the year if they keep him up for the rest of the year. What happens if he, if he regresses next year and he can't go down to the minors because he's played too many games? They are screwed. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, I don't want to get into the Carter Hart debate, but because it, it, it takes, but I mean, but I, are, my, my, the bottom line is, you know, it, it, it what he is doing right now is making the entire team better. It's yes. helping. It's helping with a lot of the players' confidence. It's giving the yeah. Philadelphia fans something and, to live for. And, uh, and all and, 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 hell of a drug. And, and, and all and when all. When you've got it, you and, never want it to stop. It's, and it, all I'm saying is, you know, ride the wave. Continue. If he's hot and he's winning games, if this is Andrew Hammond all over again, I'm not saying he's Andrew Hammond because he's a better goaltender than. But but if it's if it's that kind of Maybe, thing, you know, I mean, we don't know. You, you, you ride the wave and you let it go to where where it goes. But what I'm saying is, if they get eliminated from the playoffs, why in the hell would you not let him go back down to the American Hockey League? Yeah, no, no, they'll let him go back. Yeah, no, they're saying they're keeping him for the rest of the regular season. If he's learning, if he's playing well, what's you might as well let him play where he's going to be playing next year. All they said, yeah, right. All they said right. to him was time to move out of the hotel, basically, which is like the thing that you get, you know, that you know, when you're a player who's been called up, time to move out yeah. of the hotel and into a residence. That and I, I think there, there was actual debate about this too, because I talked to somebody down there who's like, you know, the Flyers are incredibly are an incredibly superstitious organization. Anyone who knows the Kate Smith thing understands the superstition aspect of Philadelphia. It's, yeah. a, it's a really superstitious team, and the people who are up top are the reasons they're superstitious. I mean, there's still people up there who are very. And I would not have moved Hart out of the hotel. Like a couple people said to me, "Oh, well, we shouldn't have moved." You know, like that kind of that kind of thought was going on. Like, let's not change anything about this guy because he's do everything he's doing right now is exactly. Right. You know, he's focused in on what he is, and I, I don't totally disagree with him. Um, I mean, I, I think I would have kept him there too, but it, but this is the kind of thing that a player really responds to. And you know, they called up Myers, who's been having an incredible year in the AHL as a defenseman. He's gonna he's gonna bring them um, hope. There's now tonight a couple couple things in the chat room. So Bukestead practiced, um, which is cool. Mike Doyle let us know he's in our chat room. He's in, in touch with Pittsburgh stuff right now, and apparently Malkin will return tonight, which is a biggie. Obviously, um, Malcolm's been out, so you know it's going to be a fun one. I mean, it's a Monday night game. You don't usually get Monday night games tend to not be, you know, it's be a light schedule. So there's not there's not a lot going on tonight. But that's one I think everybody should watch because it'll it'll be Carter Hart. You know, has won all these games in a row, going for a record against the Pittsburgh Penguins, the team that you know obviously is most likely to stop this record, stop him from saying this record. So there's a lot of fun things going on in this game. Um, to move that, and that jumps me to the Flyers and Wayne Simmons for a second, and then we'll move on to other players. Right. Um, Wayne Simmons is, in my mind, still 50 50 on whether he's going to be a Flyer for long or um, if, he, if he's going to be a Flyer for long, it's going to be a short term deal. And that's what he doesn't want to do, but he also doesn't want to leave the Flyers. And 
Simmons, I will say this, has been like incredible, incredible professionally the whole time about this. Like that, and that's that's the one thing that you know you have to. I mean, he's the first person on. He, you cannot tell if you talk to him after a game, or you see him on the ice, you would have no idea that this was going on. You know, he's 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 a hundred percent bought in. He's wears the A proudly as he's assistant on this team. It's hard to trade him. I mean, it's there's a lot of players on this team that will have a real hard time with it. So it's a, it's a real it's a real tough spot. They may end up looking at him like their own rental, you know, and just like play it out and see what happens. I mean, he. I mean, I know logically. I'm, but I'm sorry. You don't know, and that's why I'm saying that tonight's game is big, and and you know the next couple of games are big because if they if they fall out twelve points again, if they're suddenly you know, I mean tonight you know they could be back to eight. If if now if they lose a couple more games and they're at twelve, and we're two weeks from now and they're twelve points out or ten points out two weeks from now. I mean, the potential of a return for Simmons is out of the park. So, I mean, I'm so, I'm sorry. You know, you've got maybe uh, – I don't have hockey reference open, so I don't know what the percentage is, but it's less than 10%. If you're telling me you're going to – I'm going to you reference that because you know how much I hate that thing. I know, but if you're going to tell me you're going to risk losing a first-round pick and probably a top prospect for Wayne, for two months of Wayne Simmons when you can go out in July 1st and re-sign him, I'm yeah. sorry. Chuck Fletcher is abrogating his responsibility as the general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers if he does something as stupid as that. So here's the thing, like, you know, you go back to Carter Hart, and Mike, yeah. I think you wanted you, you were sort of thinking this way with the idea of sending him back. Carter Hart's success should not change what the real issues for the Philadelphia Flyers are. Agreed. That's that's what I think. If right. you're a Philadelphia fan, here, that's an excellent point. But here's the interesting thing about that: watching this team, and you go you go through this team talent wise, right? And you say, okay, they've got Couturier, they've got Giroux, they've got you know Voracek, they have Konechny, they ha they have talent all up, and they have defensemen. They're, they've got Gossis here. They've got Perver. their bottom six talent is not great. It's not great. The and six, and their defensemen are still in a learning yeah. curve. Yeah, right. The bottom six talent is. I mean, they also have JVR. They've got Simmons. They've got they've they've got. They've, I'd say the bottom three talent is at the bottom. The top six is well, pretty darn good. But after that, the bottom three. But at the end of the day, all of that is is directly tied to the confidence this team never had in their goalies. But I, well, yes. That's, 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 I, that's I, why this team looks so much better. With, that's I, why the team's 9-0-1 in the last 10 games with a confident goalie. I understand the euphoria of the Philadelphia fan base, but the but the business of being a in management on these of, of any particular team is to look past that and have a level head. And when you're saying I'm, you know, we're going to keep yeah. our keep guys who are rentals, you know, and with no guarantee that he's going to resign there. If you're if, if on this on a, on a pipe dream that you're going to get into the playoffs. I'm sorry. I, I think you're you're doing an injustice to your franchise. If you don't, if if you're if you're four points out, if you win tonight and you're making a charge for the second wild card spot, okay, fine. If you're eight points out, if you if you're tailing off and you're still holding on to this, I, I think you're delusional. I think you, if you're a general manager in this league, you have to say, I got to get assets for these players. I okay. have to. Yeah. Let's move on to. Um, I'm trying to move on quickly here to try to cover as much as we can. Um, all right. So. Um, the big Panarin and Bobrovsky to Florida thing, which has been which has been circulating. You know, they they, they have the same ages now. Florida wants both of them. I was I think the report, first report that they both wanted that Florida wanted both of them way back when. Um, yeah. you know, not for what you know, not to you know, put like a notch on my belt, but I will when I rarely can. 
And this is this, you know, this is definitely something that's in the works. And now TSN is reporting today, or there's somebody in the TSN Twitter, one of the many TSN, you know, tweet tweeter people, is saying that Huberdo is is in play, um, and that would be to create space for a possible Bobrovsky Padarin, you know, combo. And you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna make a trade with with Columbus, you know, who still who really still does want to go to the playoffs, and they still want to win in the playoffs, they're gonna have to get. Something like Huberto back at least, or something, and something more than that. And they're going to have to get some sort of guarantee from from Panarin that he's going to sign there. Otherwise, why would you give up one of your cornerstones for two rentals? You well, have to get some sort of... there's a, there's two different there's 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 so many different Panarin. First of all, Panarin being Russian, there's a lot of crazy wacky rumors out there. So don't always believe everything you hear because the Russian rumor mill in hockey is really is really wacky. Okay, there's there's and one of those you know like I've been. There's two schools of thought here. One is that he wants to go to New York, and, and that's like that's the rush. That's the group that I tend to buy more. That they've been more accurate in the past, in my yeah. opinion. That he wants to play for the Rangers, the Islanders. The other is that he wants to play in Florida or California. And there's and you, you hear that too, like that he only wants to play in California or Florida. Right. Um. I'm still going more. On, I'm still banking more on the New York thing right now. And and there's and there's a, something out, there are things out there about him wanting to go back to Chicago too. That's yeah. been out there as well. Yeah, that's been out there too. But I don't. I think that that's. I don't know if I buy. I don't know if I buy it because I don't think they have the cap room. But I think that there were. He wasn't happy about the way things ended there. And you know, although Patrick Kane and he are, are close, and I think that Kane Kane might be able to convince him to come back. I just think that that's not likely. Right. I mean that no. that that's that's what's that's what's behind the yeah. recent rumors of them trying to trade Artemisimov about you know possibly yeah. you know I, I, they're not they're not going to trade Kane they're not going to trade Taves maybe they trade Brandon Sod again he's got a year left they're I think getting, you know like he broke to wave a clause maybe to go to Columbus I've heard that too so there's different things like that that that's possible right but, um I the but then enter now so if Panarin it's possible that Panarin and Bobrovsky get dealt before the deadline I don't think that that happens to Florida. I think that maybe Bob gets dealt to Florida and Panarin gets dealt somewhere else and maybe both still end up signing in Florida. But I think that I think Panarin suddenly now with Winnipeg and it really feels like it. I, I keep wanting to like, I keep inching my rumor chart up with Mark Stone and the Jets because it really sounds like Stone's going to go to the Jets. Um, you know, and I, I think, I, I think, I think, I think one of them is going to go to one of those Ottawa forwards is going to go to the Jets. I mean, Peter. Stone's the one that I mean, you know. I know some people say that Duchesne makes more sense, but let me continue this train of thought. So yeah, so and then Peter, Stone, you comment. Stone, the Jets. If Stone to the Jets happens or is about to happen, Nashville has to arms race in this thing, and they're good. And that's when Nashville, Panarin to Nashville, becomes very, very possible. I'm told right. that there's absolute deal in place that that you know that Poyle's been talking about. That he doesn't want to do. Um, and someone told me that this was intimated to in, in an article. I don't know what it was, where it was, but I, I, I've heard that Poyle has a deal that he could get Panarin, but they're waiting to see what happens with Winnipeg. You know, well, yeah. Why do it if you don't? If you don't have to, right? But if you so if, if, let's, if let's it's known, the only way Nashville competes in their mind it's the it, nuclear option. Let, let's throw a couple other variables into this whole idea of an arms race. If you're Winnipeg, you know. To get out of the central, you're going to end up playing Nashville. Nashville's thinking the same thing. Right. Right. It didn't matter which team went through last year. The team that got through was getting hammered by Vegas because they were both beat up. Exactly. Maybe. So maybe. The, may, maybe. But let's, let's, just, let's just assume that the Vegas destiny was intact. Okay. Yep. So 
then now you look at it this year and you go, well, if you look at the favorites, you get out of this, you're either going to have to play Calgary or San Jose likely. What's enjoyable about that? So not only do you have to think about what player gets me better to beat my division rival, I now have to go and wrestle one of those two gorillas. Right. And it's a double-edged sword because the team that if you're if you think you're going to be playing Calgary, you probably want Duchesne. But if you think you're playing San Jose, you probably want Stone. Yeah. If you're Winnipeg. Yep. Right. And and that's that's sort of the thing. And 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 if you think and if you're thinking that far ahead, what you have to do as a team and as a yeah. coach, you're probably already thinking too much because you just need the guy that's going to make your team better and you need to understand where your weaknesses are. Right. I don't think Kevin Shevel Day off via his owner wants him to trade the farm to not be able to re-sign Mark Stone. I think I don't I I don't think that's the case with Matt Duchesne. So I think there's a variable in there. Yeah. So you, um, you think you think is a pure rental, but you think there's a chance that they sign Stone. Because I think Duchesne, I think Stone yeah, I think right about that. because if you're Winnipeg, you're going to try and sign him long term. Right. Yes. And in that case, you're you know you've got you've got a lot of moving parts to do that. But in that case, if you're signing Mark Stone long term, you're happy to give up Christian Veselinen as a prospect. Right. Like he's gone. And you, and uh, among others. Well, right? I, and, and I'll, I'll I'll just say this, and I I because I, I um, Pierre LeBrun has basically said that even though Nashville added Brian Boyle, they added Cody McLeod as basically yeah. fourth yeah. line help, and that Boyle was a very good add. That Nashville doesn't have what it takes up front to get by Winnipeg and to win a Stanley cup. He yeah. thinks that they need to add a Panarin or a douche. And the reason whatever. they need to is because Kyle Turris isn't doing what Kyle Turris should. Well, right. He's just, he's just coming back from, he's just coming back from yeah. injury right now, but he hasn't done, you know, like um, for example, like Fiala has barely done anything. Um, Turris has, hasn't done anything. The guy they got from Chicago, um, what's his name? Hart Hartman has done Hartman. nothing. He's in like, yeah. he also got hurt. He got yeah. hurt. But you know, but before that, he wasn't scoring. I mean, no. it's like they're they have a lot. There's a lot of players on Nashville that are cold right now. And this comes back to another thought, which and then it kind of ties into what you were saying about Winnipeg slump right now. I wish, you know, I so much wish that I'd grown up with like in more of an analytics world where I could have like fine tuned some things. But one of the things I would love for analytics guys to check out is average age of teams and their records in February. Is oh, February, yeah. February seems to be the month when young teams fall away, like they just. And, and 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 especially if they're really if they're if they're if they're in a position where they don't have to win like if yeah. they're winnipeg or nashville two teams february is the hard month to motivate and you know it's like it becomes it, really it, this is the dog days of the season days. Right. I mean, it starts about the last week of january and runs up until the like week I, before the trade deadline like i said before. Changes everything for some reason the trade deadline is like a reset on everybody yeah. because and every well, year no. Uh, the what's I think I think it's plain and simple. What's the reason why they struggle? Because the deadline is in February. That's part why that, I mean, these guys know they're not going anywhere. A part of part of it is just like it is it is this is a long friggin' season. And at some point now you, you're past the All Star game. You're in the second half, but you're in the beginning of the second half of the season. Yeah. And if you're if you're if you're you know 10, 15 points up or whatever, you know you don't have to worry about anything. 
it's really difficult for these younger kids to like to like come to the rink with that sort of motivation um unless you're a team that you know is just you know it's, it depends how well coached you are but the predators every year have terrible februarys recently the yeah. Jets, I don't, I don't know what the jets did last february but i mean it's like the young team the blue jackets have been terrible in february another yeah. good team that's young and you know and, and 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 what are the and what are the teams that have been absolutely red hot the flyers in the east yeah the island the islanders to a lesser extent but still in the west the blackhawks are red red hot they're only four points behind uh minnesota for the second wild card the blues have won that's six cool. in a row Flyers, the Blues, the Blackhawks, or more veterans have more veterans. They still have young players, but they have more veterans as well. And they're also have to win. I mean, they're in positions where they have to win. Now, I I, I, I thought two two interesting things. One, I one I heard, um, just I can't remember who who mentioned it, but but uh, Calgary is looking at more of that secondary market. The yeah. Zuccarellos, the the Zingles, the Kevin. I, I wrote Calgary Zuccarello today as a big one. Okay, so I mean that and that. That means they don't want to. They want. They want to shake up what they already have there. They just want to add to it and add one more. Yeah. And that that makes a lot of sense. That makes uh, a boatload of sense. Yeah. yeah. Now the the other one, and and we'll we'll find out whether this happens because Minnesota with losing losing Koivu, um, they're tenuously holding on to the second wild card. Um, Pierre LeBrun reported today that if Minnesota drops out of the two wild card spots and they're outside looking in that they might Paul Fenton may shop Eric Stahl. Oh and Eric too. And Eric Stahl would get them an absolute ton, not only because he's a good player, not only because he has Stanley Cup experience, he's only I think a three and a half million dollar cap hit. So yeah. teams that are that's one of the teams that like him too. That's another thing I've heard too. Oh, yeah, you know what? I would he shop him but you know what the thing that that is a crap disturber move and it's a smart one because yep. you know what that's going to do you know who's going to be on the who should be on the phone with them Winnipeg Coyle and Chevy yep and yeah, that, that's gonna, that's a that's a Paul Stastny move yeah that's you're, like you're that's just, sir, yeah come on who you, you pay me to not let the other guy have them and I think I—I I, I mean, Fenton, oh man, that's pretty cool, but it's brilliant. Remember, Fenton comes from Nashville, um, and there's, there's lots of connections there. He's there forever. Um, however, I don't know that he would be—I don't know that he would want to help Nashville out as much as people might think. So that's going to be an interesting yeah. thing. It—it all depend—it'll all depend on the return because yeah. you know, I mean, because they could turn—they could turn around and resign Stall in the summer. So it's yeah. like Stall loves it there. Yeah, yeah, and it's actually. Yeah he's reasonably close to where his home is, is Thunder Bay too. Like if he wants to go back and visit the family, like it's, it's an ideal situation for him. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good, it's a good, it's a really, a really interesting situation. And I, th I think that, I mean, Minnesota tends, you know, the owner there tends to not ever give in to selling. So that'll be, that'll be the fun. That'll be an interesting thing to say. Like, you know, I know they're struggling lately. Yeah. And the, I mean, but the reality is, I mean, they've lost their number one center. Um, you know, it, it, it was funny because when we had Kevin on on Thursday, he's like, well, you know, Koivu's never really like he's sort of been nonplussed about Koivu uh, over the years. But I mean, he is a very good two way player. And, you know, they have Victor Rask and he's sort of fill, trying to fill in the void. But I mean, if you're uh, if you're if you're declining, if you're falling out of it, you've lost your number one defenseman in Dumba. You've lost your number one center in Koivu. You're struggling. You're on the outside looking in at a certain point. You have to say, OK, 
we just you know we we have to we have to do this for because you know then we could re-sign him in the summer or we can go in a different direction. Yeah. You know, I, that's, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Now, uh, before we, and I don't, know if, I don't know if you want to take questions, Zach, but I, I, I just wanted to touch on the Anaheim uh, situation, how surprised, shocking it is reverberating throughout the hockey world that not only, you know, everybody expected Carlisle to either get fired at the end of the year or get fired, but, uh, you know, in the, la in the next couple of weeks. But the fact that Bob Murray, who's never coached ever, is yeah. behind the bench. Well, that, that's that's your typical move of him. That that tells you that when he you know when you know um, when the coach on the way out, when when Carlisle's on the way out, what is he saying? You know, he's saying to um, he's saying, listen, there's issues in that locker room. You got to go work on, and that's 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 what's going to happen. So Murray's going to go in there and see what's happening. Right, exactly, exact, and and they also don't want to hire an interim because I think their new head coach is got Dallas Eakins who's having a lot of success in San Diego. They don't want to take him out of there, but they also don't want to spend the money to hire an interim who's just going to manage them through the last seven weeks of the regular season. It, it, I, I, I get what they're doing, but there are going to be big changes in Anaheim. I mean, in the sense that Murray's going, yeah, Murray's going down to vet to evaluate talent and evaluate, you know, have a close look at what's going on there and I'm telling you right now, they're going to be one of the more interesting teams in the summer because I have a feeling that they're going to clean house. Yeah, they're trying to sign, from what I was told, Silverberg, but they don't think they're going to be able to, and I think Silverberg will be traded. Yeah. And I think that that's going to happen, and I think that uh, he's going to he's going to be something that could bring something because he's, he's shown in the past to be a, a half-decent playoff guy. So if you Two years ago, he was their second-best forward behind Raquel. He was their yeah. – him, him and Raquel had unbelievable – playoffs uh yep. when they when they when they lost to nashville in the in the cup in the, in the uh, conference yep. final and uh, i wouldn't be shocked to see edmonton get in on silverberg too i've always told that and edmonton is you know edmonton, as far <laughs> as the stone thing goes the three teams you know going way back to that three teams that i heard were winnipeg um edmonton and philly now so that's why the philly thing is still hanging out there philly also believes they can sign him long term um and i don't know and so that's also a move to move to get him here. See if he likes it. There's some connection with Mark Stone and, and like Claude Giroux that I that I was heard about that I don't quite understand fully. But maybe agent um, could be agent. It's some. I think they they play together somewhere. I, I don't. You know, it's one well, of those maybe world right. championships or something like that. Yeah. I mean, oh so, yeah. Um, um, a, a player to another thing I've heard more about the Puyarvi. Um, you know, Pareko swap that continues to come up in my talks with people. Yeah, uh, but they uh, the they're playing so well right now in St. Yes, Louis. Exactly. They they don't right now right now uh, on the on the the street mm -hmm. that they're going on. They don't want to they don't want to mess up anything. I mean, if you were holding your breath that Petrangelo or Pareko were going to get traded, the this is the worst news for you yeah. because they're they you know they're red hot. Tarasenko has found it lately. They're even getting production out of guys like Tyler Bozak. Um, have he, who's, he, you know, he had a bad, he was having a bad year. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's, I, I, I don't know. The funny thing is if they keep going like this, they could be buyers at the deadline. Yeah. I just got a great text guys for a rumor. Um, I usually don't just put type, put texts out right away to you guys, but I will, because the show's ending. I'm going to look it up right now anyway. Okay. Um, and it has to do with Anaheim the team. We're just talking about. And, um, and, you know, we talked about how they couldn't trade guest or Perry or anything like yeah. that. They might be trading Getzlaff to Vegas. This is what I was just told. That Vegas feels like they could they could get Getzlaff and they could they could support his contract because next well, year Vegas has a lot of money coming off the cap. 
Okay, Getzloff has two more years at yep. 8.25 million. But he is still, if you he's put still, him in the right scenario, I mean, I was the, watching he, him play this weekend, he still has it. I mean, he's not like he's not washed up or anything. Yeah, that. he's the best of the he's the best of the old three. The old three being Getzloff, Kessler, and Perry. I think I think Kessler is done, and he's got three yeah. years left. Yeah, yeah. Getzloff has two more years at eight and a quarter. And uh, and Perry has three more years, or two more years. Sorry, at eight point six. So they, you know, I could see Getzloff saying, I mean, I'd be surprised if it happens before the deadline. But I'd be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes if they they go to him in the off season and say, you know, do you want to go someplace? But I mean, it's it's not impossible if a team's got enough cap space and sends players the other way that that would be workable i mean i think vegas is i mean vegas has prospects and picks coming out the wazoo you know they've got all yeah. kinds of possibilities they have a team that they feel and like they have they, the cap space and the cap space they have a team that feel like they can make a run um when's a player like gets left available ever i mean he wouldn't yeah. be available if here's the other thing left. in two years no next summer not this coming summer but next summer they can just have them on the available list for Seattle. That's true. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, if you have that cap space, that's who. Yeah. I mean, right. It's you all just it's leave all. them exposed, and Seattle's going to need to get a year gets laugh for one year at, at whatever it is, nine million, and you're going to get close to the cap cap floor, which is what Seattle's going to have to do. Well, it's all. It's, More people text text me, guys. This this is what happens with me a lot of times. Like, um. <laughs> People who aren't like watching this, have you heard anything about Getzlaff in Vegas? Another text comes in. It's all it's all a question of what's going the other way because you know they they've got Paul Stasny with the same term at six and a half million. He he was injured earlier. He's come back. He's playing better. I mean, if it's a, if it's a situation where they can take, I mean they they don't have a ton of cap space. They can, you know, they they can bury. Uh, salary on LTIR, they can do things of that nature. Right now, like like I, I don't believe David Clarkson's five and a quarter million dollar contract is on long term injury, so you can open up space yeah. by by putting that on LTIR. And if they want to get creative, they can do that. I mean, if they think they have a window of a year or two, then it might be something. And but the thing is, Anaheim they want cap relief. And they yeah. want young guys, and I then and we'll wait until Russ gets on the show. But I don't think that you know George McPhee is going to trade Cody Glass in a deal to get Ryan Getzloff. Is that I mean, true? Right. I'm so sorry. Lincoln in our chat room just put that Vegas is exempt from the expansion draft. I did not realize that they are exempt. Yes. Okay, I did not realize that. Okay. Yeah, they are exempt. So. I mean, but they could trade players to a team. You know, I mean, they 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 be involved. I mean, they'll be involved because they're Vegas is a great third trade partner. You know, like if you're looking for to do something, they've got they've got all kinds of things to help you. You know, like Broussard. Like I've heard, like I just also got these things are happening crazy. I just also got like you know someone who mentioned Derek Broussard to the Islanders, um, and I think that okay, so the Broussard Broussard could go. I, I mean, he's yeah. he's the cheap number two option for any team that's looking for centers. I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if 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 Winnipeg balks at the price tag for Stone or Duchesne that the fallback is a Broussard deal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's that. I, I also they, think they, they would on center. Can't do Broussard, they do the single. Yeah. They really do. They really need a second-line center on the island. 
Um, I think Getzlaff to, to Vegas makes a ton of sense, actually, when you think about it. Well, I mean, it. Yeah. You know, the I mean, the 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 two guys there, you know, from last year, Carlson and Marcheseau, are are not killing it. You know, they're. I mean, they're Vegas is doing well. They're not, despite the fact that those guys are not half of what they were last year at this time. I mean, now they might get better still, and they could still can improve, but right now, neither of them has been like really anything to write home about. You know, um, and they're both. I mean, one of them's up for a contract, I think, isn't it? Isn't he? Uh, I believe so. Like yeah, one, Carlson was Carlson signed a one year deal. I'm trying. To yeah, make. he's an yeah, RFA. So they can go to they can go to arbitration again if they right. want. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. So, but they've, like, but they've but they've locked. I mean, they've locked up a lot of a lot of their players on long term deals, and you know they've uh the you know Theodore Schmidt, uh Marcheseau at five million for another five years. Pacioretty a four year extension. Alex Tuck. Yeah. So they've they've extended a lot of people, you know, Riley, you know, Riley Smith for three more years. Yeah, yeah. So gets left with Pacioretty. Someone put in there, and I agree. I don't think Pacioretty's been a disaster there. No, Pacioretty's been very good, and it's uh, lately has been very good. I mean, not he's picked it up as as the years gone on. You know, like he is, and Pacioretty is a gamer. Like you, you get to the playoffs, Pacioretty's gonna he's gonna matter to them more than he does now. I mean, I think I really feel like part of Pacioretty's season was like. Can you imagine the difference in pressure from what he was dealing with in Montreal to, to what he was dealing with in Vegas? I think oh, yeah. Pacioretty was like just a big exhale, you know, like, oh, thank God, you know, I can just go and play hockey. And some of that is good and some of that's not good because some of it allows you to get a little bit lazy and not necessarily be as accountable as you've had to be because Pacioretty has been held to the fire for so many years in Montreal. I mean, you know, captain, like craziness. I mean, just like, so now, and but he's starting to really, to really turn it on right now. Yeah. Well, we'll 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 take some we'll take some questions tomorrow. Um, yeah, we'll be questions tomorrow, guys. Sorry about that. We were really running late today. I didn't think we we have and we have more stuff to get to too. We will get to it as well. Um, like I said, Zuccarelli in Calgary. I wanted to mention that that's something to look into as well. And then some of the stuff I wrote about yesterday, um, I wanted to touch base on real fast because and so this is something to think about. Jonathan Quick possibly um, could be going to Carolina, which is which is interesting because and that would. You know, as much as you know, the Carolina goalies have played pretty well for them. That seems like a move that that seems like a move that could make sense because neither of them is, is exactly going to be you know killing it in the future. Who knows? I mean, they could be, but I think that Jonathan Quick is a couple more years like that. I, I will tell you a team that is going to be desperate in the goaltending market based on what they've gotten from their goalies in the last couple months is Colorado. Grubauer has not played well. Barlamov no. has played terribly. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know if it'll be quick because quick's a long-term commitment, or if they, or, you know, if 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 Columbus shops Bobrovsky and, and, I mean, and he would wave. But their 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 goaltending has cost them yeah. a playoff spot right now. So you know what? If you believe you can get back in with um yeah. with Bobrovsky, you got two firsts this year. Yeah, give him yours. Columbus, yeah, but like you know. Yeah. And I expect, like, I mean, I haven't looked. Where, how far are Colorado out? Are they about four a couple, points out? A couple points, I think three or four points. So, I mean, I expect them to be buyers because I think Sackick believes they can get in and and do a little something in there. Yeah, but but um, Peter, the, the problem is, if you trade your first, you might be trading a lottery pick. I mean, you've already got a lottery pick with Ottawa, but they could have two lottery picks. They could be like in the like seven. That's seven. why I want them to trade. Last thing the Central <laughs> needs is another team getting. Turning into a powerhouse. I know, I know. All right, we have one more thing for you guys before we leave today. Um, I'm gonna put it up right now. This has been requested, and you know we like we we aim to please here. 
So here it comes. Ready? Hold on. Okay. I'm 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 has I'm hesitant here. Yeah, I know. Don't nothing to fear, but fear is itself. This, is this a gritty video or something? No, no, no. There's nothing gritty about this. Um, it is the National NHL Draft Lottery Simulator. Oh. From my favorite t website ever, tankathon.com, um, <laughs> which is just amazing. <laughs> I gotta get it. I gotta get a drum roll ready. I gotta yeah. get some tankathon.com. Here we go. All right, let's let me click on my thing so we stay with me for the whole time. Here we go. Ready? I did, I did it. Yep. We did. Okay. Here we go. We're gonna see me lottery here. Go. Arizona. Jack Arizona. Hughes goes to the desert. Goes oh to the desert, God. you know, where he's quickly traded for Austin Matthews to fix all this right. <laughs> Dream on. Um, Anaheim jumping up. Anaheim, well, they were supposed to pick second. They stayed in second. Um, you know, so Colorado. Yeah, I was that, see, that would, that would be the worst case scenario for Colorado. They had the best percentage chance yeah. and they finished fourth. And they dropped a fourth. Let's hope that holds true. <laughs> They dropped a fourth, and you well, know and, that that would be like that would be like a couple years ago that they had the best chance, and they finished they finished fourth. They got Makar. So, all right, so let's start writing these things down. All right, Arizona, we're going to start officially today. Every day, we're going to do this because um, this is exciting. To I'll, do. I'll, I'll write it down. Don't worry. Write it down every day. All right, thank you. Arizona is the um, is the winner today, and, and we will we will prove that once again. I think because like last couple of years, we've been pretty good as far as like the top team we picked have gotten who ends up getting it. All right. We have nothing to do with this. Again, thanks to tankathon.com um, for all your team tanking needs. So, again, we hope you've enjoyed the show half as much as we've enjoyed doing it because that means we've enjoyed doing it twice as much as you've enjoyed watching it. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.